It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. Hey y'all, it's Bud Elliott, National Origination Editor and Podcast Head for 24-7 Sports. Hope you guys are having a great Friday, February 12th. I'm filling in for Trey Scott, who's off today. This is the College Football Daily. We're just over a week removed from National Signing Day, but there's always time to talk about recruiting, and I think we'll do a little bit of that today and get you out of here with, with a rather uh, quick show. So I've been thinking about this a little bit. How good are star ratings, right? I, it's a question we, we get kind of often this time of year, just following National Signing Day, we, we, we just had the Super Bowl and, and you know now new ratings are coming out and 24-7 Sports will have its its first uh, first new big re-release of the class of 2022 rankings coming out in just a couple weeks. And you know, there's kind of varied opinions on how good star ratings are from the fans out there. We, we, we see y'all in the message boards and, and on Twitter. And I, this is something that both at 24-7 and then also at my prior gig, I've done a lot of looking into. So I, I figured we should just kind of delve into this a little bit uh, this morning. So the impetus for this episode actually was inspired uh, by a tweet from Illinois coach Brett Bielema. And he said, uh, quote, it's amazing that you never read about this on National Signing Day. Important to remember long-term development and teaching went out in the end with talent as a baseline. And attached to his tweet was a popular viral tweet going around on social media just before the Super Bowl. And the tweet is is factual. It just lacks context. Here's what it says, that the image in Bielema's tweet. And he didn't create this. He just shared it. It was going around long before he shared it. Interesting note, the Super Bowl has one player with an ESPN five-star high school recruit, Leonard Fournette. Casey has 12 four-stars, Tampa Bay 8. Casey has 10 three-stars, Tampa Bay 12. Casey has 19 below a three-star, Tampa Bay 22. That's 63 players rated three stars or worse in the Super Bowl. So that that's a really interesting tweet. And I guess technically it's, it's true, but at the same time, it's not really a true reflection of what's happening in the game. And, and to understand that, I, I want to share some numbers with you. In the Super Bowl, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, which is a better recruiting metric than uh, than ESPN is, just over the last couple, couple of years, we, we've seen it be more accurate, especially the 24-7 ratings. So in the Super Bowl, among the starters, four five-stars, 16 four-stars, 14 three-stars, and 11 two-stars or unrated players. Now, you might say, yeah, bud, that's still 25 three-star or worse and only 20 four-star or, or better. And you'd be right again. I mean, it's a little bit better looking look than ESPN ratings, certainly, which I think ours are better than them. But here's the deal. Less than 1% of all recruits out there in the country who sign scholarships, so either FBS or scholarship level FCS, are rated five stars. That's less than one in 100. We usually only have about 32 total five stars on the 24-7 sports composite. Another like 350 or so are rated as four stars. That's just shy of about 10% of the pool. So the remaining 90% of players out there who are going to be scholarship football players, be it you know Power 5, G5, or full scholarship level FBS, they're three stars, two stars, or, or unrated players. So if you think about it from that way, 20% of the players in the Super Bowl, your five stars and your four stars, came from just, not 20%, but, but 20 out of your 45 starters came from just 10% 
of the recruiting pool. The other 25 starters came from, from the remaining 90% of the Super Bowl. So your chance of actually becoming a starter in the Super Bowl, I mean, is just astronomically higher if you were a good player in high school. For five stars in any given year, about 12.5% chance. If you're a two-star or an unrated D1 scholarship signee, about one in 100 or one in 222. That's just, that's a lot different. And I think that bears noting. So like we know that every year we see these narratives and, and obviously I like coach Bielema is coaching at a school that's really not competing for you know high level championships. So he has a narrative to push and, and certainly I'm going to push back when we have the data on our side. But, but I think there's also something, I think there, he actually has a pretty good point here. If you frame it correctly, right? How important are star ratings? Let's get back to his tweet. He says, it's important to remember that long-term development and teaching went out in the end with talent as a baseline. I think that's actually sort of true at all levels if you assume that the talent across the board against the teams you're competing are is basically equal, right? So yes, if everybody at the very, very top level of college football, your, your Florida, Georgia's, Alabama's, you know, LSU, Ohio State, Texas, USC, Clemson, th- those type of teams, obviously Alabama, if I didn't mention them yet, those teams, if they all have about the same level of talent, then coaching is is going to win out. Obviously, if you don't have the same level of talent, I'm not really sure that coaching matters quite that much, especially over the long term. Talent in college football is absolutely going to win out if the differential is significant enough. We know through my use of the blue chip ratio that there is a certain minimum threshold that you need to, you need to achieve in order to win a college football national title. And that threshold is recruiting more four and five stars over the prior four years than you do two and three stars. You need to get over that hump. Usually there's about 12 to 14 teams who do so. And even then, that doesn't guarantee you a national title. It is just an absolute minimum threshold if you want to qualify Basically, this is the bare minimum amount of talent you can possibly have if you want to win a national title. And recently, we've seen teams that are far and above that minimum threshold taking home the title, right? Alabama, uh, Clemson's been you know, pretty well well above it. LSU obviously recruits at that sort of uh, super elite level. But yet, I, I also think that recruiting rankings are not as important as you get down sort of the hierarchy of, of college football. And I think that's just natural, right? Because... Our four and five star rankings are very, very accurate. As you go down the scale, I think just naturally as the pool increases, you're going to lose some accuracy. And that might create some inefficiencies that some college football teams can exploit. Here's where I I think Bielema has a really good point. So if you're Illinois, you can say that you're trying to win the Big Ten, but we all know Illinois is not going to win the Big Ten. This is not going to happen. But can you find a certain type of player that fits your system while still while still trying to get as much talent as you possibly can. Can you go find a player that fits your system that maybe the star ratings underrank a little bit? This doesn't work at the high level, right? You need to find guys that fit your system, but you need to find the guys who are super talented and sort of fit your system to them. But as you go down in levels, if at the bottom of the G or bottom of the P5, which is where where in Illinois or Rutgers or, or a team like that is, I really think you can probably outpace the star rating system somewhat if you're really good at identification and if you're really good at figuring out exactly what sort of system that you run and you are uncompromising in getting players to that system. Now, you're not going to win a title, but maybe you can go to bowl games more often uh, than not. After a minute, I'll have a little more. 
From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! So continuing on the idea of, you know, c- can you play above your star rating average? I, I think you, you actually can at the lower levels. Maybe you're a team who wants to run some unique version of the spread and you recruit players who really fit you know, just that system, right? Guys who maybe aren't pursued by, by the big boy recruiters out there. Maybe you run a unique defense. Maybe it's some strange 3-3-5 defense where you're, you're finding a market inefficiency in being able to sign some linebackers uh, or some safeties who maybe don't fit a traditional safety role or perhaps don't fit a traditional linebacker role or maybe you have a role for for certain players who don't have the traditional measurements that that some other guys do or or maybe you're really a great developmental school and and you see something in these guys that maybe some of the evaluators don't see or maybe you feel like the the chance of a of a player packing on a certain amount of weight or or dropping a certain amount of weight and unlocking some speed or or adding some power is better and and you think that your internal program development is set up to capitalize on, on that unlocked potential and if you're good at that that's awesome i i actually think you can do that you just need to really understand what lane you want to be in and for lack of a better term not chase stars quite as much. I still think you need as much talent as possible relative to the competition that you are actually trying to beat. So if you're Illinois, that probably means Northwestern, you know, Rutgers, Purdue, Maryland, the, the bottom of the Big Ten, the the teams that they normally struggle to beat. I absolutely think they can do that. If, if Brett Bielema wants to play smash mouth ball to a larger extent than the other teams at the bottom of the Big Ten, maybe there's an inefficiency there. Maybe being in the Midwest, he can find more guys who can get up and, and sort of maul at the line of scrimmage and create Wisconsin light. It obviously didn't work at Arkansas because he was trying there, and this is what I was worried about when he was hired. He was trying to out-physical teams that just were going to have more talent. Regardless of whatever your mentality was at Arkansas, you weren't ever going to out-physical Alabama. You were not going to consistently out-physical LSU or A&M or whoever your cross-division rival was in a given year. It just wasn't going to happen. But I think in the Big Ten West, you can probably do that, especially if you stick with a plan. And I think here's the second point on this. I believe you can specifically do this. I know I gave the example of a 3-3-5 defense, but the data that Bill Connolly has presented year after year shows pretty conclusively that star ratings are much better on defense as far as translating your overall talent level to the performance of your unit, be it defense or offense, star ratings more accurately predict a really good defense than they do a really good offense. And I think there's a couple reasons for this. First, quarterbacks are tough to evaluate. Sometimes they just come out come out of nowhere and it is just, it's hard to get them nailed down. I think we do a really good job of it. We've done a much better job of it recently. We, we, we value accuracy coming out of high school. I don't think we fall in love as an industry with tools as much as we used to, but they still do come out of nowhere and sometimes they also transfer defensively though star ratings are awesome if you track who the best defenses are in the country they are oftentimes not one for one but they are pretty close to who does the best job recruiting defensive players nationally especially if, if you're using a smart defensive metric like an sp plus or, or an fpi uh, or something like that that accounts for pace opponent quality game state those type of things and the reason for that is defense is a lot of height weight speed hustle those are things that recruiting analysts are really equipped to evaluate. How big are you? How fast are you? How physical are you? How hard do you play? Those are all things you, you, you can really see. And defense, just as a, as a game, 
is a little bit less of a team sport than offense is. It requires a little bit less coordination. It Defense, just by its nature, is a little bit more of a collective individual effort. Offense, though, we routinely see offenses at the college football level that outplay their collective star rating talent on offense because you can scheme your way to points within reason against teams that are a little bit more talented than you. Not a ton more talented. At a certain point, a really talented defense is just going to be able to shut down you know, a, a kind of a mediocre, talented offense, no matter how creative that offense is and how accurate their, you know, their, their noodle arm quarterback might be. But you can definitely, especially taking advantage of the current college ball rules, you can scheme your way to points. I'll be interested to see how that looks this year across the landscape as more and more of your sort of upper tier power five teams are taking advantage of the rules in college football and and throwing the football more than ever. They're starting to adapt some of these underdog strategies and using them in the favorite role. And I think it is creating quite a few blowouts. But defensive star ratings are absolutely more accurate on a year-to-year basis than offensive ones are in terms of predicting the performance of an offense or a defense. As far as the draft, they also hold up slightly better there, but not not quite as much. They actually look better when it comes draft time than they do on the field sometimes in terms of offensive star ratings as opposed to defensive because when the draft comes, they still want to be able to project you height, weight, speed, and hustle and you know frame how much bigger is this guy going to get in the NFL, what can it be used for in the NFL. You can't really scheme your way around a lack of talent in the pros quite as much. And so getting getting that talent via the draft is pretty important. But at the college level, if you're not trying to win a championship, if you're just a, a team that wants to be competitive, you know, win five, six, seven, eight games, go to a bowl game more often than not, I think recruiting matters. But I'm not sure that star ratings matter to you as a fan of that team as much as they should a fan of a team that you know has legitimate playoff or national title aspirations. If you're a team that has, you know, national title aspirations and you're not recruiting well, that's kind of a reason for for concern. I created the blue chip ratio more than a decade ago now, mainly because I, I was getting a lot of of tweets and comments from fans of programs like, you know, Michigan State, Baylor, TCU, Wisconsin, you know, programs like that who had never recruited at that high level, but yet I thought, and you know, throw Utah in there, I guess, thought that they were legitimate teams that were going to make the playoff and had a, a real shot at winning the national title. And I just said, I'm pretty sure the way these teams have been recruiting is not close to the, the minimum threshold that you need to recruit to win a national title in, in the college ball playoff or in the BCS era as it was at the time. So just something to think about. I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. Trey will be back on Monday. Really appreciate you guys listening. Be sure to give us five stars on Apple Podcast if you liked the episode. And uh, also be sure to subscribe to the 24-7 Sports College Ball Recruiting Podcast and the Cover 3 Podcast and the Lake Hick Josh Pate Podcast. See you guys Monday. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.